Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. It's our number two of extra point on this Monday, May 15th, right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. I recommend you download the KDOS 1060 app and register to take advantage of the listener rewards available to you right now. Superbook Sports putting up a $100 gift certificate. So register and follow along with the options to increase your entries into being this month's winner. As we typically do, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start, of course, with the news from the weekend with the Phoenix Suns. Should the Suns have fired Monty Williams? Yes, leading the way now at 53% of the vote, no trailing at 47%. And uh, Williams has won almost 64% of his games. I'm counting postseason and regular season. And now it's even including the, the first uh, season when they won you know, 30-some games, which is a huge improvement for what we, from what we had seen in previous years. But uh, So he's out, and... Um, be interesting to see not just who is in eventually, but how long it takes until they hire a coach. And, you know, there's uh, some names that have been mentioned for the Suns job that are supposedly in the running for other jobs in the NBA. Uh, yes, that is also true. Uh, so we'll certainly continue to monitor that, but we'll answer the question here around 1130 on Twitter at am 1060 Should the Suns have also fired president of basketball operations James Jones? Yes, continues to lead the way, but down a bit, 78.9% of the vote, no trailing at 21.1%. Yeah, as you mentioned, we'll give you our answers a little later on. I'm guessing that people have a pretty good idea where I'm going with both these questions eventually, but uh, we'll make them wait. Very good. Uh, you can still cast your vote on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. We'll also take your calls if you'd like to voice your opinion on the Suns and their decision to move on from head coach Monty Williams at around 11.15 today, 602-260-1060. The NBA playoffs, though, uh, off today but they get back going tomorrow with the Western Conference Finals, Lakers at the Nuggets, and then the Eastern Conference Finals on Wednesday featuring the Heat and the Celtics. But let's go back to how we got here. The Lakers topped the Warriors 122-101. to LeBron was great, 10 of 14, 8 of 11 from the foul line, 30 points. Anthony Davis, 5 of 9, 17 points, and 20 rebounds. But when it comes to the Warriors now, there are questions. Uh, you know, Draymond Green has said that he wants to be a warrior for life. He has a player option for next year, so contract talks will need to get started for him. Clay Thompson being reported that he'd need to take a pay cut and uh, have a contract extension for him to come back. He's set to make over $43 million next year. You also have Steve Kerr's status. He has just one season left on his deal. And you also have the general manager, Bob Myers' contract. It's up June 30th, and so he's taking some time to decide on his future. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding this Warriors team right now. 
Yeah, I think this all starts with Bob Myers, um, who, given the opportunity, would really not make much of a commitment last week, uh, even before they got eliminated in this game, because it's been a you know, topic of discussion, I'm sure, big time in the Bay Area for a while. Uh, but you know, once the Warriors were eliminated, they were once it looked like they were going to be eliminated, uh, became even more of a topic of discussion. Uh, yeah, Kerr in his post game on Friday night certainly didn't sound like a coach that has any inclination of leaving. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I had a question in the sports zone today. You know, should they rebuild or reload? And I think that's a legitimate question at this point. You know, do you think that there's enough for them to just reload? Like, has, uh, you know, if Clay Thompson was Clay Thompson of five years ago, pre ACL, pre Achilles, pre all of these things, would we be having a different conversation as we've seen Clay Thompson be ability wise? He has the ability to continue to light it up, but he's just been really inconsistent. Yeah, well, let's just say that you know, I don't know what the salary caps implications are on all these things. My apologies about that, but I'm never going to understand salary caps or want to learn how to understand salary caps, whether it's the NFL or the NBA. But if uh, if he leaves and you could use that money elsewhere, I would advise them to do so. Uh, and then along those lines, too, we saw how the matchup between the Lakers and the Warriors played out, and the conversation was always size. So in terms of maybe bringing in a piece that's going to have some size here, is that categorized as rebuilding or is that categorized as retooling? I think that's rebuilding. Um, you know, we, uh, I talked with Steve Ashburner. We had him on the Sports Zone today. Uh, from NBA.com, and he mentioned, brought up an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. You know, James, James Wiseman, who they obviously drafted a couple years ago at Memphis and didn't work out with the Warriors, but you know, it looks like he might be okay. And certainly if they had kept him, he would have uh, you know, gotten, you know, I don't know about a lot of minutes, but it would have been an alternative. Also, Kaminga, who... I don't know if people know the whole high school saga of Kaminga, but he was like the number one high school player in the country uh, when he you know, was you know, coming out of school, and then he you know, went the opted not to go to college, etc. Uh, he hasn't gotten much of an opportunity with the Warriors, but you know, if he had uh, you know had more more experience during the regular season, I don't think they should give up on him. I think you know, I can understand the fascination of his you know, pedigree. He certainly has an interesting skill package for sure. Uh, so I think that uh, he and then uh, you know, throw in Moses Moody, who I think is actually going to be a really good NBA player Then got some run in this last series against the Lakers. Uh, I don't think they're quite as bare as some people seem to think. The Celtics topped the 76ers 112-88 to in Game 7 yesterday afternoon. Jason Tatum played like a superstar yesterday. 51 points, now has the record for a Game 7 most points. That Steph Curry record didn't last too long. Uh, but the Celtics... Two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How long did it last prior to that? Like 20-plus years, maybe? Um, yeah, it was, yeah, that's true. It was insane. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that part. I just remember the two weeks. It was the two weeks of the day. 
So the Celtics here, they're moving on. They're representing uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And now the 76ers have questions when it comes to MVP Joel Embiid in Game 7. 15 points, 5 of 18. 0 of 4 from 3. James Harden, 9 points, 3 of 11. 1 of 5 from 3. The 76ers feel like they're a team at a crossroads, though. Uh, Certainly the Celtics were the much better squad heading into this. They did find a way though to have a 3-2 series lead and lost game six and lost game seven so I guess we'll start with this question here from a crossroads perspective does it start with Doc Rivers is he back it'd be stupid insane and foolish I think I'm stressing that probably too much Uh, if they moved on from Doc Rivers this is not a Doc Rivers issue they just don't have enough good players and you know, it's just, I don't know if this is completely selfishly thinking this, but I can't imagine there's a whole lot of people that are all that upset unless they had some kind of financial interest here that the Sixers, and thank God the Knicks got knocked out of the playoffs. We don't have to watch the Sixers and the Knicks play anymore because I just don't find, you know, use the, every time I use the word joy, I think of Steve Nash <laughs> because he had no joy during the Terry Porter years here and then told us that like every day for six months or however long Porter was the head coach. But I found no joy in watching the Sixers and the Knicks play, and thank God they're out because I do enjoy watching the Heat, who max out with what they have, best coach team in the NBA, and the Celtics I think have the more most good players of any team in the NBA. Uh, You mentioned players here. So obviously James Harden, he isn't the guy anymore that he used to be. Obviously he put up some incredible performances here, but again, that consistency factor of being able to do it night in and night out, uh, you're going to have to get some alternative offensive options other than, you know, Harden here and there and Joel Embiid and my guy Tyrese Maxey, he just, he's very inconsistent right now. He sometimes plays a little bit too out of control and then in general just a little inconsistent with his shot but he was pretty good in this series especially considering his poor history previously against boston so uh, i think that uh, he was actually a positive in this last series you know once again uh i can't help myself but i gotta say this one more time uh this was yet another example of why these uh, individual awards and team sports especially based on the regular season are just a joke there's no way in hell that Joel Embiid is the most valuable player in the NBA. Uh, so question marks remain for the 76ers moving forward. We'll dive into the Lakers, Nuggets, Heat, Celtics, uh, an early look at the lines here on the other side of the break. We'll also get into uh, an NFL story that I saw from this morning. And we'll take your calls if you'd like to join the program, 602-260-1060. Feel free to give us a buzz, and we will get to you on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Uh, Once again, download the KDOS 1060 app, register to win, and take advantage of the listener rewards, including the $100 gift certificate being given away uh, by Superbook Sports. Follow along with uh, what you need to do to get yourself eligible for entries, and uh, we'll be pulling a winner at month's end. Your call is 602-260-1060. It's the Extra Point, KDOS AM 1060. KDUS 
KTUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KTUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KTUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. Eleven nineteen here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. As I mentioned, we have the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. As of this morning, Lakers plus five and a half, Nuggets minus five and a half. The game gets underway Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Uh, this Anthony Davis and Jokic matchup. You have some sort of thoughts, feelings, impressions about these two going up against each other? I should, right? But I really don't. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, you know, I'm the king of the NBA regular season is a waste of time and maybe never more than this series. Because if I heard this right on Saturday, that they haven't played since January. And uh, you know, the Lakers are a totally different team. Uh, roster-wise since then, after the uh, trade deadlines and the moves that they made at the deadline, the, the additions and the subtraction of Westbrook. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, this is a question I should have thought about, but I hadn't. Uh, so, And I, don't, I have no idea what kind of history those guys have against each other. So, sorry, I uh, apologize I didn't uh, do some work on this. Um, I, I think just from kind of understanding their games right that Anthony Davis we saw him have inconsistent games in the Grizzlies series and then it kind of started to go that way in the Warriors series then he got it back on track uh, I know he had the the head injury there which took him out of one of the games but I think Anthony Davis is going to have to be more consistent for the Lakers game in game out because we know Jokic delivers game in and game out yeah, I think Davis got kind of a bad rap in that last series because he was really good almost every game defensively. Uh, and you know, Platt dominated a couple of those games. Like really three of those games totally dominated those games defensively, including the Friday night elimination game. To me, the guy that needs to be more consistent is LeBron. And uh, he's either really good or just kind of, uh, I wouldn't say a guy out there, but you know, he's either a dominant player or in some games, you make a case during the playoffs, he's been a complimentary player. And he should never be a complimentary player. I don't care how old he is at this point. But, uh, you know, so that's the guy that uh, I think he has to be dominant in this series for the, uh, for the Lakers to win. Uh, so that game as well, you know, I got the question here about the Lakers defense and we saw what they were able to do uh, against the Warriors and against Steph Curry. Are they able to do something? You know, the offense obviously runs through Jokic, but being able to kind of stifle uh, a Michael Porter Jr. as well as an Aaron Gordon and Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope. I'm interested to see how those, that offense and defensive matchup works out. I am too, and I really have no answer to that question either. I apologize, but the fact that you know this Lakers defense is something that we've never seen against the Nuggets before because the Lakers defense, when they put their four or five best guys out there, they're really good. And I know, you know every stat, whether it's old-time stats, new-time stats, or probably stats in between if there's such a thing, you know, they've been amongst the best and in some cases the best in the NBA – since the trade deadline 
and certainly their win-loss record reflects that. They've been really good since then. Then in the Eastern Conference, Wednesday's game, 5.30 p.m., you have the Heat plus 7.5 and, and the Celtics minus 7.5. Can the Heat keep hitting threes to keep up with the Celtics' offense? I think that's like a major question that I had uh, heading into this particular series. To me, the biggest question in this series is how many points per game do you give the Heat with the coaching mismatch of Spolster against Missoula? who I don't think should be let off the hook because they won the last two games. He coached an atrocious series the first five games and why it took them five games to use Robert Williams and and, and also in and, uh, and Horford together as the starting lineup is just inexplicable. Because now we know, I, was, I gave him a little leeway because I even mentioned this a couple of times, that unless Williams has got some kind of injury problem and he's had knee issues, but now we know afterwards that that wasn't a factor at all. It was just a poor strategical decision by the Celtics. You know, I don't know how much Missoula has to do with the pregame discussions, and you know, I don't know how much Brad Stevens has to do with that, but that was just stupid. And as soon as they actually put Williams in the starting lineup, they won the game at Philadelphia in game six, and then they obviously routed them in game seven and you know, Spolster as I've said many times recently is the last hour I think he's the best coach in the NBA and uh, he gets more out of players uh, than anybody in the league they play obviously hard but they just have a you know total understanding of what they're supposed to be doing on both ends of the floor and I'm not I'm going to sit back and watch the first game I might if, if there's some eight, there, I don't know if there's. I don't think there's any eight still out there. That was the opening number pretty much everywhere, at seven and a half or seven out there now. But maybe a little dabbling into Miami plus eight in the first game. But I just kind of rather prefer to watch you know, the the first game and then make some opinions moving forward. You know, Jimmy Butler here, he's obviously been pretty special in these playoffs. Uh, you'd have to, th- like, do you see this being like a Jason Tatum versus uh, Jimmy Butler type of situation? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to guard each other. No. I would assume that Jalen Brown's going to be on him, and Brown's got to stay out of foul trouble because that was a big reason why that you know, the uh, Philadelphia series went seven games. And a big, huge reason that Harden had a couple of big games because you know, Brown had foul troubles in a couple of the games that Harden went off. Uh, so you know, that's going to be intriguing because Butler obviously you know, draws fouls, as he should, against everybody. And uh, so I think that that's a big part. I think that that's actually the biggest matchup of this series is can Brown stay out of foul trouble trying to guard Butler and just uh, – Butler not go completely wild. Hale, you know, just dominate a series like he literally has dominated the first you know, two rounds of the playoffs for the for the Heat. And really, if you go back to the the play-in round, you know, when they they won that to advance, yeah, he was the best player on the floor then too. Uh, then in other NBA news, switching away from the contest here with the Lakers and the Nuggets on Tuesday and the Heat and the Celtics on Wednesday, John Morant, uh, he's back in the news. The Grizzlies have suspended him from all of team activities for another video showing him holding a gun. That video has since been deleted. Uh, of course, the timeline here, he went to counseling programs in March. He was suspended eight games by the NBA for his previous uh, video that 
surfaced after they had played a game in Denver. Morant, though, from a contract perspective here, five years, $194 million max contract is set to begin this coming season. So he's suspended now from team activities pending the NBA looking into everything. Yeah, I asked Steve Ashburner from NBA.com, who has covered the league for many years, uh, what he thought the league should do. And he you know, suggested that this should be a really long suspension. He even mentioned the possibility of like half of next season. I don't know if the NBA would have enough guts to do that. I would totally be in line with that th- thought process for sure. Um, if I were an owner of a team... I would be looking into some kind of uh, – I would be trying to get rid of him. I mean, I'd be done with him. Uh, you know, I know it's going to cost me wins on the floor, but you know, maybe, I, if, you know, maybe I'd have a different opinion if I were an NBA owner. But uh, to me, just the, the, the right and wrong things to do in life are you – know, like I said, maybe I'd have different you – know, I don't have a million-dollar investment here – or billion-dollar investment in some cases. Uh, don't have uh, that going uh, you know, for me here, but uh, I, I, I would want the guy, like, see you later, bye. I'm at, you're out of here. I'm going to do what I can to get the most for you in some kind of trade. I will add uh, that, you know, somebody has – I'm sure they've tried, right? I'm sure they have tried to try to, to get to him in a, a, a real conversation that – uh, this is not a good path to be headed down and that there are monetary consequences. There's life consequences. There's a lot that's potentially on the line if you keep going down this path. And it's unfortunate that that message was not taken seriously. And I seem to remember that there was a sit down interview with Jalen Rose where he said that he, you know, understands all these consequences and that this video continues to, to surface and come out again. So you just hope that there there is somebody in his life that can have a conversation with him about uh, what's potentially on the line here and that, uh, you know, nothing bad ends up coming out from from all of his antics that we continue to, to see and hear about and, and what unfolds. So certainly there's... Uh, this has been going on long before the Denver thing, too. I mean, yeah. there's, there's been talk about his off-the-court situation and you know, the crowd that he hangs with, etc., for a long time now. I mean, a long time. Far before the Denver thing. Uh, so we'll be waiting for the NBA and what they are going to do about John Morant and uh, the Grizzlies who have suspended him so far from all of team activities. I mentioned this as we were headed to break, so I have to talk about it now. The N- uh, the NFL story that caught my attention, Matt Ryan tweeted that he's joining the NFL on CBS team. And in his tweet, uh, saying that he's really excited to join the team, P.S. This is not a retirement post. But without a job, without a quarterback job, and now you're going into a broadcast position, seems more like an early transition to retirement here. Uh, CBS said he'll serve as a studio and game analyst across the network's platform, so unsure of like which shows he's doing or if he's going to be actually calling games. So we'll see how that all unfolds. But you know I had to do it here, Bob, because I know it's like your favorite topic 
and you love talking about, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame. So here's my question. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? 14 years with the Falcons from 2008 to 2021. We saw the unfortunate year with the Colts in 2022. He was an NFL MVP winner in 2016. He's amassed 62,792 career passing yards, a 65.6% completion percentage, 381 touchdowns, 183 interceptions. I forgot to mention he was AP Rookie of the Year in 2008, and he has amassed a 124-109-1 career record. I'm sure he'll be in, and I'm also sure that I would never, you know, if I had, you know, the voting, if I had a vote, I would not put him in. But then again, yeah, I'm the, I'm a harsh Hall of Fame voter, whether it be sports or rock and roll. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to get in. Uh, the thing that catches my attention the most as far as the uh, this morning is uh, I would be completely in favor without ever having heard Matt Ryan do an NFL game if he replaced Tony Romo, who was the most overrated commentator in sports history. Uh, based upon Tony Romo's contract, I don't think you're going to get your wish. At least no, this there's season. zero <laughs> chance. Of, that, right. I mean, this is as, there's as much chance of Matt Ryan not being in the Hall of Fame as there is that they would actually get rid of Tony Romo. Uh, so it's Tony Romo, or I'm sorry, Matt Ryan set to join the NFL on CBS team this particular season. Uh, yeah, not a retirement post, though. Interesting. We, it, I'm, in, guessing that, I'm guessing that Matt Ryan will know the players' names and not just say number 55 or whatever. I guess he'll actually know who's on the field by name. That would be a big step up from Tony Romo. We answer the poll questions, which dive back into the Phoenix Suns. There's still time for you to cast your vote, kdos1060.com, as well as on Twitter at kdosam1060. Those two questions, we'll dive into those next. It's Bob Kemp, it's Kayla Mortolaro, right here on this Monday, May 15th, here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We've talked about it. It's time to answer the question, the KDOS1060.com poll question. Should the Suns have fired Monty Williams? Yes or no? No is the answer to this. Um, he had a 628 winning percentage as their head coach. He completely turned around a franchise that had hit rock bottom and had some of the worst years or consecutive years, I think the worst consecutive years in uh, the history of the franchise. And yeah, I know that uh, there's, you know, I guess, part of the criticism, if maybe not all, all the criticism, is the fact that you know, he didn't get his guys to show up for the final game in the last two seasons. To me, that's more of a player's thing and a self-respect thing 
if you don't show up and play hard in any game, uh, at least uh, certainly in the postseason, uh, you know, I think you need to reassess the personnel at that point. Uh, and it's uh, far more a player issue, and I've been saying this for years, whether it be in this case with the Suns the last two years or whether it be football or whatever, whatever sport, if it comes down to a team uh, that has players that uh, don't seem to be inspired, I think that's uh, almost always more of a player thing than a coach thing. Uh, but it has, again, I don't know who they're going to get that's any better. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll change my mind after the next head coach is mentioned. But uh, I don't think the Suns were justified in firing Monty Williams on Saturday. There's certainly a trend right now uh, with many coaches that have great records, finals appearances, playoff appearances. Uh, Coach of the years, right? Yeah, that uh, have been let go here of recent. And uh you then kind of wonder what the patience level is and you know how to kind of construct this team and how much uh, blame is being placed and how that's being distributed and how that seems to be the trend right now uh, in the NBA. I, I, I think for me here, I keep coming back to more or less trying to get inside the mindset of Matt Ishbia. And if I'm reading you know, what Adrian Wojnarowski is saying, that this trade for Kevin Durant was really pretty much done by Ishbia, that that means to me that the philosophy of a James Jones and Imani Williams, who I'm assuming were more in lockstep because James Jones hired Monty Williams, that they didn't want to move off of certain players. And I think that that player was Mikhail Bridges. So not wanting to move off of him, trying to keep him here as part of the nucleus, there was one set of vision. And uh, with Ishbia coming in, that vision changed. He wanted Kevin Durant. So to me, I'm looking at this as the window that he feels like he has to make this happen is now, it's next year, and it's maybe two years because Kevin Durant's 34, Devin Booker's 26. So if you believe then that the window is now, he's looking at the success and saying to himself, you got us to a certain point, but... We're not getting over the next hurdle. I think it's an incredibly valid argument and discussion to have whether or not the personnel pieces were even close to getting you to the next uh, hurdle and that next step to be a true championship contender. So I, I'm just trying to get inside his mindset of how he's you know revamping this to what he expects to see on the court so he's I, I'm hoping he's not just justifying it and basing it off of this one year that he's going back and, and looking and saying well these are some of the the, the reasons why um I don't think that we can get over the hurdle with this particular philosophy. Uh, so I think from my standpoint, though, that two things can be true at the same time, that you can celebrate what Monty Williams did for this organization. You can like him as a person. You can believe in a lot of the great things that he had to say, really love listening to him. Uh, but then also think to yourself that this is the time to, to make the move if that's the direction you want to go, if you don't have full 100% faith, because now this is going to be your first full offseason, you've made the move for Kevin Durant, and you're going to start building the team the way you see it, now's the time, not one year from now. 
So, I'm a little confused. Should he have been fired? Um, yes. Okay. The masses are on the yes side of things at 53% of the vote, no trailing at 47%. Uh, we will toss this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Should the Suns have also fired president of basketball operations, uh, James Jones? So most of the time you think that a general manager gets to to hire the head coach and those two are in lockstep with one another but again I'm going back to trying to getting inside the the mindset here of of Matt Ishbia and it sounds like uh, you know, he's kind of taken over a lot of the control and it's more of just an entitle name right now for James Jones. So with that kind of in mind, um, I don't know that you can can move on from him because how much of the, the personnel decisions were on him? Uh, did the, Ke- the Kevin Durant trade seems like it came from Matt Ishbia, not necessarily from James Jones. You could certainly put the situation that went on in the offseason with DeAndre Ayton, the situation with Jay Crowder. Uh, so uh, maybe some of those sorts of things here. But I think in the direction that it seems like they're going, uh, no, he, he shouldn't have been fired. Well, I'm totally in disagreement here. I, I can't imagine how he is not fired. Uh, I don't think that Jones did a good job the last couple of years restructuring this team and adding on to it. Uh, even go back to the bubble. Uh, they extended the contract of campaign after he had three good, you know, th- you know three good weeks in the bubble. Um, that's a stupid contract at the time, which I said at the time. And you know, I think that that has clearly hamstrung them moving forward. They could have gotten a point guard that's far better than campaign to the, be the backup for Chris Paul. And you had to figure at some point that Paul was going to make it through the entire season. And he was injured uh, three different times this season. Plus, the Landry Shamit was supposed to be one of their big offseason acquisitions a couple years ago. That also hasn't worked out. The backup center thing has just been a complete joke. And yeah, I know that uh, you know they got some production in the postseason and so forth. Uh, but uh, the, the, the roster construction has been very poor with a team that was at a championship level and within one game of winning a championship two years ago. What exactly have they done to improve that roster structure in the last two off-seasons? I don't think they really last three off-seasons, counting throughout two. But uh, in three, if you count the campaign, you know, you know, extending his contract after you know, one good you know, year of uh, you know, you know, some encouraging play, but contract extension for multiple years really i think he's done a really not a good job at all in the last two or three years and i am just perplexed how he has also not been fired was not fired on saturday uh the masses are on the yes side of things at 78.9 percent of the vote no sitting at 21.1 percent this is on twitter at kdos am 1060 uh for me i kind of look at it as that he just is now the the figurehead figurehead the the title in name only and that the the real strings are going to be pulled from what ishpia wants I don't disagree with that, but you know, get somebody else to be the figurehead. We've seen enough of James Jones. He's had an opportunity to build on a championship level for two consecutive off seasons and has not. 
As always, you can cast your vote over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 or with the KDOS 1060.com poll question. We will wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. Uh, Keep in mind, the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Download it today and register. Follow along with your opportunity to activate listener rewards, including the $100 gift certificate from Superbook Sports. Uh, Plenty of entries for the rest of the month in which we'll be pulling a winner then. One final segment to go right here on KDOS AM 1060 here um, on this Monday, May 15th. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060, KDUS1060.com, and with the KDUS 1060 app. Today's Extra Point, this Monday, May 15th edition, right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else sip through the cracks. Also, our guest today, singular, uh, around the NBA, including the Suns firing of Monty Williams with Steve Ashburner from NBA.com. By the way, Tuesday, the Sports Zone at 9.15, scheduled to be an MLB discussion with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. Sound today courtesy of the Phoenix Suns, uh, Bally Sports Arizona, ESPN, the Golden State Warriors, also TNT, and uh, KWFM. And special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next, uh, right here on KDOS AM 1060 from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams from 6 to 7, and James Out West from 7 to 8 tonight. Uh, one other note here, ASU Baseball, they dropped the three-game series, all three games, to USC over the weekend here. ASU baseball has to get back on track. They have now lost eight of their last nine games with one more series to go. It's a home series against UCLA starting on Thursday. As we take a look at the Pac-12 standings, Stanford out in front at 20-7 and in conference play. Washington's at 16-10 and in Pac-12 play. Oregon State in third at 18-12. and USC at 16-11. and And ASU now in fifth at 14-12. and All of these teams, two through five, though, are very bunched up. So if things were to end today, ASU baseball would uh, be the fifth seed in the Pac-12 tournament, which gets started started in Scottsdale next week on Tuesday. Obviously, there everyone still has one more weekend series to go, so there's some reshuffling possibly on the horizon for the Pac-12 standings, but ASU baseball uh, needs to conclude with a good home series against UCLA. 
Yeah, unfortunately, the schedule got tougher in conference play, and uh, they've uh, had less success. Yes, that's true. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury, they uh, get their season started on Friday. The Mercury take on the Sparks, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Diana Taurasi is back, Brittany Griner, Bri- Brianna Turner, as well as Sophie Cunningham. So some more hoops action in the Valley with the Mercury getting things started on Friday. As we previously talked about, the Diamondbacks are at the A's tonight, 6.40 p.m. on Valley Sports Arizona. It's going to be a Merrill Kelly start. Obviously, the A's, though, not a great baseball team. Uh, so is there anything that you can really look to for a Merrill Kelly start after we've seen now three consecutive uh, good starts in a row? Well, he better be good, and uh, they better win all three of these games. As I mentioned earlier, and I wasn't exaggerating for a change or being sarcastic, they are the worst team this century in Major League Baseball. They are closer to a double-A team then they are even a triple-A roster. They've only got a couple of players that are really worth paying much attention to. They are atrocious. And uh, they are, you know, they, they're bordering on the worst team I've ever seen. And I'm actually trying to, you know, I was thinking about this over the weekend. Who is the worst baseball team I've ever seen? Uh, I didn't see the 1962 New York Mets, who I think still have the most losses, if I'm not mistaken, of any team ever. But uh, I was alive, but I really wasn't watching with any kind of educated eye when I was five years old. But uh, yeah, th- this is just a, this is this is an ex- unfortunately an embarrassment for Major League Baseball that a team is this bad. Uh, and then they're moving to Las Vegas. And as we were mentioning in the break, uh, the original announcement for uh, we were talking about this off air in the break uh, that they were originally going one place in Las Vegas with their original announcement. Now they're actually going as part of Bally's and they're going to be tearing down uh, the Tropicana and building their 30,000 seat uh, ballpark there. One point five billion, I believe. But the new deal, I think think is taking less from taxpayer dollars it'll be 300 million or 350 million of taxpayer money as opposed to 500 plus million yeah most importantly it appears that uh they're going to be in a position to add some players instead of subtract they've obviously as recently as two years ago had a team that was playoff level and uh, they were in the playoffs what three years ago and then Bob Melvin uh, sensed what was going on, and they just uh, they didn't feel that, that they didn't feel obligated to keep Bob Melvin, who did a tremendous job with the A's for several years. Uh, obviously, did a great job here too. Uh, but uh, you know, they're they're unfortunately just a total embarrassment, and uh, they're they're worse than an expansion team right now. The good news is, if you actually in baseball have ownership that would like to invest in players. Uh, the uh, Diamondbacks, certainly good example. 1988, their first year, and they were obviously not good. But within uh, you know, three years later, they're winning the World Series against the Yankees. Uh, so then speaking of the Yankees here, when we were talking about them in hour number one playing the Blue Jays, we did not know who the starting pitcher for the Yankees was going to be. It's going to be Jimmy Cordero, uh, three and one, two point eight one ERA, 17 strikeouts uh, going up against Alec Manoa with the, the Blue Jays. And we talked a little bit about Manoa already. Well, in uh, Castro's an opener uh, for them, they don't have five healthy starting pitchers and this is becoming a big issue, and it's even been talked about even more. We mentioned it, I forgot which day last week, but at some point 
uh, maybe more than once. I mentioned the uh, the uh, story at the Athletic, written by Eno Cirrus and others. Uh, it was kind of a co-written thing by uh, two or three different writers. That uh, the pitch clock has had a lot to do with uh, major issues with pitching staffs. Almost every team has a key starter or a key reliever either headed for Tommy John surgery or out for a long period of time. The latest, as far as a long period of time, the Rays are now down another starter with uh, with Rasmussen heading to the 60-day injured list, and he's already had two Tommy John surgeries before he was even a professional back in his college days. Do you think that uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association will have enough to be able to go back uh, in the offseason and try to rework the pitch clock? I think there, you know, I think there's talk about this in any even before uh, the epidemic. There were more there were more pitchers on the injured list this past month in the first first month of the season, whether you know April obviously, than ever before. And that can't be a complete coincidence, I don't think. As always, thank you for listening to The Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic Monday in the Sports Home with Bob Kemp with you tomorrow at 9 a.m.